You're listening to NapaBroadcasting.com. Local voices, local conversations. Welcome back to NapaBroadcasting.com. Seven years ago, in another studio, in another station, Keith Rogel came in and talked to me about a project he called Napa Pipe. It would have over 3,000 homes, it would have retail, hotels, and would be almost a new city to provide homes for Napans. Today, those 3,000 homes have given way to about 1,000. And of all the amenities, Costco became the draw. Between those first ideas and what now seems to be going forward is a contemporary story of development, of land use battles between city and county, and the story of how a big box store would transform public perception. Today, I'm joined by two of our elected officials who've been at the heart of this story, Napa Mayor Jill Teckel and Napa County Supervisor and former City Councilman Alfredo Pedroza. Today it appears the project is finally going ahead, but how we got here is a story that those who study these things might be talking about for the ages. It is my pleasure to welcome Jill Teckel and Alfredo Pedroza here to talk a little bit about Napa Pipe and how we got where we are today. Jill, Alfredo, thanks so much for coming in. Yep, we're glad to be here. Good it's morning. good to have you here. Uh, we were talking before we went on the air, Jill. You've been uh, been there since the beginning, present at the creation, as they say. Yes, yes, yes. I've lived through this one. It has been uh, a long road. Did you have any idea at the beginning, even a sense, that it would take some of the twists and turns that it's taken along the way? No. Um, you know, it it it. It sort of it started um, even before they 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 purchased the property and came forward with development. It was sort of rooted in the first uh, MOU between the city and the county um, when they were in trouble for housing and they were being sued. And so we formed an MOU. We had to go to the housing department in Sacramento. Um, Bill Shiat was the CEO at that right. time, and it was a new time of collaboration and working together. And we thought we'd found the formula for how we could deal with the housing issues for the county and move together collaboratively. Uh, what came out of that was, I think, the county didn't feel like they got a very good deal in that. Um, they didn't like that um, uh, building a garage in the city of Napa, although we paid for half of it. Right. was part of the deal. Um, they didn't like that they were having to pay us for the houses the houses that we were taking for them. And so I, pretty early on, I think they started looking at other options of how they could meet their housing needs without being in a collaborative MOU with the city of Napa. In many ways, though, it does feel like without that phase, without that part of it, that early cooperation or even lack of cooperation in some ways, it never would have gotten to this, that at least it laid the groundwork for some of those conversations. Do you have a sense that that's true? Yeah, it, it is. I mean, it was. we knew it didn't. I can remember how good we felt. We said, this is the wave of the future. We're going to work together on projects. It's going to be wonderful. And it was a, a golden age, um, I felt, for a couple years. And then I can remember feeling like things were, were being pulled apart, but it wasn't handled very directly in the beginning. Um, the the uh, county would go to Sacramento and, and propose legislation that we'd never seen and never heard of. Um, there were some things being done that in the end indicated that they were looking for other options other than this cooperative MOU at the time. And one of them was when the Napa Pipe property was for sale. Um, I think they were encouraging the people that bought it um, 
that this would be a great site for housing. So I think they saw this at that point as we don't have to cooperate with anybody else. We can control our own destiny. We know where we're going to put things. And so I, you know, that was the beginning of Napa Pipe. It was right. a little bit, we don't have to be in the MOU with the city anymore. We can control our own destiny. So it, it started as a, as a divisive issue to from the very beginning. And Alfredo, you have uh, truly a foot in both camps. You saw yeah. this originally from the city perspective. I mean, you heard about it for years. You you came into it even while these conversations were ongoing when you were elected to the council. You no, know, you're you're right, Jeff. And if you go back, I think when this first started, I was still in college. So just, just to <laughs> no. put perspective to yeah, it. was the wrong uh, answer. But, um, <laughs> The whole point, you know, of what you know, the mayor's saying about some of the things that started early on is, I, I think it did lay the foundation to it. I think coming to midstream, you, you saw how complex it was, and that truly, that's what was really challenging about this is, you had the city and the county trying to work together, and you had a developer, and then you kind of had those Venn diagram circles, and we're trying to figure out where do they all intersect, and sometimes it moves. But that's part of what we had to do because we were dealing with something that's pretty complex. So coming in from the city side, it was great to catch, get up to speed right away, understand what we were trying to do. And then uh, back in December, I, I came on the board of supervisors. So I had to kind of switch hats and try to understand, okay, can't forget everything we I was fighting for on the city side because it completely relates to what I'm trying to do on the county side. Um, there are some lessons learned to kind of what Joe's saying is, you know, the word collaboration. We have to continue to focus on whether it's Napa Pipe or any other project. It can't just be a buzzword. Jeff, and I think that's what happens is when the going gets tough, you saw different interests change. You saw different targets move. And that's what I was trying to go back to is what originally did we agree to? What was the path that we wanted to be on? And it changed, you know, from when we were first talking about revenue sharing to the city taking 80% of the housing. All these were good things, but we had to keep reminding ourselves of how it had changed. And the economy changed at the same time. Right. When you made the switch and you heard your colleagues talking about this, and they all have different views on it, but, you know, they, they were speaking to a certain extent as a single voice, as a board. What misperceptions, and you don't have to go into specifically what they were, because, you know, they, some of them I'm sure were, were confidential, but did they have misperceptions about what the city was thinking and what the city was doing in terms of what they were reacting to? There, there was. And again, going back to that word collaboration, I think that word means something different to every person. Um, but also, you know, the complexity of the situation we're in as elected officials, there are times where, you know, our staffs are meeting one-on-ones and then messages are filtered back through us through their lens. Sometimes that doesn't position us as elected officials to really understand what was the true message and is staff really trying to make sure that we're all understanding the facts. Again, folks are human, so they look at it through their own filters, and that's what they do. That's their professionals at that. But sometimes there's just different messages being put on, and that's what was pretty glaring to me when I joined the Board of Supervisors is there was different messages, different understandings of certain things. So how could I clarify that? But again, you're talking about years and years of work that was cemented over and over again, and those perceptions for some people became reality. So now you're talking about reality for someone that thinks the city's doing X. How do you convince them to back off that? And that was pretty challenging to do. But again, it was just trying to bring the city and the county to understand what our issues were and also understand what are our issues with the developer and try to bifurcate those. Because I think that's where the success was is, yes, we all have shared goals and shared interests, but how can we, the city and county, make sure that right. we understand on what we agreed to and then also make sure that the developer is on the same page? 
How did we get to, from the complexity of this, Jill, and, and, and this really takes your perspective from the beginning, the complexity of this being about housing, being about you know the county being concerned about being sued, the city thinking that it should be in their sphere of influence, all the discussion about mitigation and traffic, I mean, all the many issues that are part of this, that at the end of the day, what it came down to, what, what the city was dealing with, what the county was mad about, was Costco. How did that happen? Yeah, it, it's interesting. I'm saying you know, people should do, you know, if you're doing your master's thesis in college, well, that was right. you should do a report on how a Costco changes a community's view of, of acceptance of a project. And it was one of those things that came up you know, when we were still at odds with each other, we right. weren't working together, and this Costco issue came forward. And the community um, that had been saying, no, 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 we don't want this, was, well, we may not want 3,000 homes, but this Costco sounds like a good <laughs> idea. So tell me more about the Costco. So uh, the Costco became, I think it, it changed public perception about the project, um, but at the same time, it was coupled with the proponent saying, you know, not 3,000 homes, you know, right. maybe 900 homes and uh, not the massiveness that was first there. And so um, it, it did change public perception and it did provide an opportunity um, when we got together to negotiate for there to be some value for the city to look at a long term partnership and taking on 80 percent of the county's housing. <laughs> And what I'll add to that, I think, you know, what makes Costco so attractive is the instant ability to generate revenue. So from the economic side, you know, they're very attractive. And also when you talk about jobs, they pay good wages, they have good benefits. So Costco as, as a company really was attractive to Napa. I remember that's what attracted me to Costco when I was on the city council. It's just when we were out in the community, it wasn't when are you going to get the housing? Is when is Costco coming? That's the public perception of this project. Whether it was intentional or not, that's the, that's the reality for the folks that live here. Well, when it went on the ballot with respect to the city annexing it at some point, the campaign wasn't about annexing the Napa Pie property. The campaign became about Costco. Now, admittedly, some of that was the developer that was, was, was running the campaign, but he was smart enough to figure out that that was really what was changing perceptions. Well, you know, that um, ballot um, initiative... Um, was my job was to put it together and then to put the argument together and to get as diverse a group as I could to support it. So it was the city, the county, housing advocates, um, you know, slow growth advocates um, in order to present that package. So I worded it really carefully. And it was about the sphere of influence. It was about, it was about the uh, rural urban limit line. It had nothing to do with what would happen at the project. Well, the earthquake came and um, we were doing a lot of work just recuperating from the earthquake and not a lot of time and energy to work on the ballot initiative. So every material that came out was all done by the developer. And um, and it, it wasn't about Na uh, Costco. Costco wasn't part of what the ballot initiative right. was, but they sent out all these materials. So I was pleased at that point that we had a developer that was not fighting us. Um, and the the agreements that we'd come to, that this was going to come into the sphere and come into the city limits. So I was pleased that from that standpoint that we were, although had very different messages and the message was skewed, um, was was a challenge. What 
what ended up this last little go round was so in the MOU we said we'll phase and Costco will be in the first phase and as we're creating the development agreement with um, Napari Development Partners, they said, well, we're taking out the phasing, or phasing doesn't have to go in order. And it right. was like, whoa, wait. Um, so if this million dollars that was promised um, as Costco got built that would be um, revenue generation to the city, if that didn't happen, and instead the houses got built, w- one, the deal was, in it, it got written in the development agreement, it was, we'll pay the city $250,000. Well, you know, the, the MOU says a million, and suddenly the development agreement says if, if Costco doesn't come, we'll backstop you with 250000 So it was a very, very different deal than was, was part of the MOU. How much of it was about the money for the city, and how much of it was also about the public perception? I mean, you know, you, you guys are public officials. You're right. up for election. There's, there's obviously concern about that. There's, there's nothing wrong with that. How much of it was about the sense that what the what you thought the public bought into was Costco, it, not it, just about the money for the it city? It was a, a big piece of it. And I can remember Keith Codwell and I, I'm a, I was about a month ago, said we – we, he said, I think we did a good job in the MOU. I, I like the terms of the MOU. And I said, I did too. I think it was fair. I said, all I'm trying to do is get closer to what the intent was of the MOU. And it was a big package deal. And what made it attractive to the city and us willing to take housing for for you know, 80% of the housing, as long as we have the the um, ag preserve, was there was this revenue generating piece of it. So it's kind of like, is it about the money? Well, the money was was part of it, but it was all the pieces of the deal. And when the county approved the development agreement and we didn't agree to the terms, that could have been a, this is over. Um, But we said, no, we'll keep asking for what we feel we need to have in order to make the deal and to move forward with the deal. So this past little thing was was a bit of um, having more conversations and trying to find a way to meet the interests of the city that were in the MOU that didn't come out um, in the development agreement in the same and there was, way. A, you know, it was based off the premise that we had all talked about that the project was going to carry itself. So when you look at the mechanism of what Costco is going to generate, that's what really covered that delta between, you know, what Costco would provide for it. So when you talk about when people were saying Costco first, it was based off that. It was that fundamental principle that we all said we agreed to that this project would carry itself. Now, and, now and Costco, Costco yeah. wants to come. Right. Costco's, Costco's here. We've been spending a lot of time arguing about the one in 100 millionth yeah. chance that they don't come. Right. But um, if, as the public's listening to this, I mean, the, the, the developers for Costco have been in touch with the city, and every, every indication we have is they're ready to go. And they go. have an application in, in progress with the county. So, you know, then the, what was the county so angry about, the board so angry about, and you were on the board yeah. at this point, in terms of basically saying, look, if that's the way you're going to be, we're going to look for other water sources for the project, yeah. and, and essentially all bets are off. I mean, they didn't say that, but that's where they, that was the attitude. Yes. Yeah. So again, based on our housing element, you know, Jeff, we had worked with HCD and we had to secure housing and that's what Napa Pipe did for us. But we needed to make sure that there's no hindrance to us being able to build our housing. So when the issue of water came up, it really came down to what's the viability that you could get water to build these housing units. 
So when we started talking about, you know, the development agreement, can we get water and the, the city not committing to water up front, that's, that, that really led to a lot of the emotion that you saw come out of Napa, uh, Napa Pipe. Um, again, it was trying to understand, you know, what is the city needing? One of the things that the county did is we did approve the development agreements back in, you know, December. Um, as the mayor pointed out, you know, there were still more conversations to be had. That led to some of the disconnect that happened between December and now. Um, again, we've rectified that. But that was part of the pressures that the county was under is if we show that we can't build our housing, well, you know what happens next. We get sued. And then we have to fight that. And I don't want to spend taxpayer money on having to defend ourselves again. I'd rather spend that money to go build housing. So that's why the issue of water was such a pressing one for the county in trying to work with the city. But again, when the city, again, understanding that, you know, there were still more conversations to be had from the development agreement, the county had approved that development agreement, you can see the disconnect that was happening there. And that's what led to some of the emotions, some of the, the anger that you saw exhibited. Um, but throughout that, I think one of the things that we can point to is, you know, between the mayor and myself, we kept that conversation going try to make sure that we were understanding what did we need to do to get this going. The public thinks it's done. It's a done deal. They're asking when it's cost was coming. Right. So it was trying to advance <laughs> yeah. these issues. But again, there was a key issue in trying to make sure that the city covered the issues they had and that the county was covered on the issues we had. Did you think that the city, Jill, did you think that the city had the leverage here? You know, um, it, it we had water, so we were going to be sure that before we provided water that the agreements and the pieces we'd agreed to in the MOU were part of the ending documentation. So this has got to be one of those things where everybody signs off at the same time. It can't be, mm -hmm. you give me water and then and then we'll work out your issues later. Um, I'd seen that not work because of the development agreement. And, and I think, you know, if you've got a partnership with somebody and you say, no, my interest is my housing, therefore we're going to kind of squish you a little bit and approve this development agreement and we'll work with you later to get your issues addressed well they sent me off with a developer who still wanted to use groundwater i think so if he could delay this and he could have the city not come to agreement with the developer then he would go back and we saw kind of what happened the county did kind of peek in that door for a little bit and said okay we're going to look at groundwater so um I had an unwilling partner to negotiate with and was getting, you know, tongue lashed for not making more progress. So until the county made it clear to the developer that they were also being held accountable for coming to agreement on the changes to the development agreement, it was after that that right. we were able to make some So progress. the answer is yes, you did feel you had the leverage. How serious was the county in looking at other water sources at that point? I mean, saying it is one thing. Yeah. How serious was it? Well, you know, we have an obligation. You know, we had an obligation to look at the viability of, of building the housing. Um, again, personally, I, I, the city has been saying we will provide water. I, you know, it wasn't a question of that. It was just a question of when and through what mechanism were they going to be able to provide water. Um, you know, what's hard to understand sometimes from the public perspective is uh, you have the city working to address their concerns. You have the county working to address their concerns. And then you have a developer. And sometimes, again, to the point of the Venn diagram, they'd all, they don't intersect. And sometimes <laughs> it feels like we're working against each other. And that's what made this home stretch a little bit harder is, you know, there was a little bit of gamemanship going on. Um, unfortunately, you know, it happened, but we overcame it. And the, the reality of it is I think what's happening today you saw the leadership step up, um, 
and make sure that we were trying to do the best we could to deliver a project that's ultimately going to be in the city of Napa. And that's the message from day one. Could, this is for both of you, Alfred, I'll start with you. Could the, and you've seen it from both sides, could the developer, and he's not here to defend himself, but we'll, we'll do this anyway, could he have made this process easier? You know, the answer is, I think so, right? You know, again, we can't speak from the developer's perspective. They face different pressures, just like we as elected officials face different pressures. We have different information. Again, I think in the home stretch, pressure got to all of us, and I think we did things that um, weren't in the best spirit to move the ball along, and you saw that some of that manifest itself at some of the board meetings. Um, so, again, I think there could have been things that could have expedited this a little bit more, you know, they were meeting, you know, Keith Rogel and Napa Redevelopment Partners did, you know, we're constantly meeting with our staff. But again, this was a three-party negotiation. Sometimes once I met with you, am I carrying the same message to the next person, right? And that's what I just saw, again, being able to dance on the city side and the county side and talk to the developer. There's a lot of different messages being put out there, and sometimes they weren't consistent. Mm -hmm. And that leads, that led to some of the dysfunction. Yeah, sure. I, you know, I, I looked at it when we finally did get to the MOU that the city and the county needed to be partners, partners in working with the developer, and that really wasn't what happened. So maybe that's lessons learned that that we needed to partner better um, instead of sort of having these individual conversations with the developer. And we were openly opposed to the project for probably two or three years. Right. So there was some. Um, um, bad blood between the city and the developer for for some of the actions that we took on the project that I think made it hard when we said okay now we're going to find compromises and work together. Talk about that period when the city was really opposed to the project to the extent to one which it was opposed and and why were you opposed because it was outside of the city's sphere of influence and you felt that it should have been or was there something inherent in the project at that stage that was generating the opposition and you were on the council at the time yeah yeah we were um you know, looking at one, it, it broke all the principles that we'd kind of worked on together, which is housing belongs in the city and in the unincorporated areas, ag, and the county's responsible for ag, so that they were creating a city the size of St. Helena on the border of the city of Napa that just never could could feel right to us. And, and we opposed it, and we tried so many ways to give them other alternatives other than moving forward with this. And so at the point where they were moving ahead, um, we got very involved in the environmental documents and in the, the um, documents about, you know, how's it going to, uh, what's it going to cost and how it's going to pay for its services and how's the traffic going to go. So we we had, you know, maybe the project got better. I mean, we had these sharp outside eyes that were mm -hmm. always looking at the documents as they came forward. Um, and that was kind of our side. And, you know, again, it, it was a different project back then. Mm -hmm. You know, you're talking over 3,000 housing units. You, you know, the question was, you know, what type of traffic gridlock is that going to create? How's a project going to carry itself? You know, Costco wasn't being thrown around. Who's going to provide services? And those are all the things that, again, in the initial part, you don't have answers to. So it, I think it's easier as an elected official, you know, to not be supportive of it because you don't have the data. You got to be informed. I think as we went on this path, different information started coming about. You know, the economic analysis was done that showed the project did carry itself. We started seeing the housing units drop. We started seeing, you know, the affordable housing component. You started seeing the different things that could happen on the site. But the biggest thing is, you know, from an outsider perspective is you don't want to create these island developments, right? And we've all driven by those and you can tell, man, that stands out. How did that get approved? 
we didn't want that in our backyard. So that's what led to some of these discussions. And I think it was a testament to good leadership. I think before my time, too, folks had to make sure that whatever was going to happen was going to be the right thing for Napa. In some ways, it's still, I mean, even to the extent that it's brought into the city's sphere of influence and it becomes part of the city, phased over time, it's still an island development in that sense. And um, it is still under county control. And the housing portion of it will be under county control mm-hmm. till those building permits are issued. So it's a, a unique type of project, unique kind of partnership. It's why a lot of the work went into the design guidelines mm-hmm. and a lot of those documents that will um, formulate what comes out of this because um, it, it, there's, it's on a dual track of, of it being in the county, will be approved by the county, and then we'll move into the city. I want to sort of come full circle on that then we talked about you know how it got to this point originally in the original discussions between city and county now that it's essentially done and 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 pretty much there don't seem to be any big issues left in this whole thing knockwood is indeed right what does it provide in terms of a new basis for the city and county to work together alfredo you know what there, there was a lot of lessons learned from this again i, I think the biggest thing that um we're going to take away from a county perspective is, look, we have shared goals here. You know, what the city's doing, taking our housing, we all believe in that. It's city-centered growth. It protects our ag preserve. These are fundamental principles that, you know, the county believes in. The reality of it is, um, you know, I'm ready to not pick up the newspaper and read about Napa Pipe at this point. (laughs) Um, I think many people are there. But I think it really laid the groundwork for how the city and county need to work together. And we just can't say the buzzwords of partnership and collaboration when it's chaotic. We got to do a better job of having a rolling partnership, whether it's parking, whether it's collaboration on different services. We need to advance that a little bit more. Um, I think the pressures that the county's facing, you know, in terms of growth, I think you have cities that are very well positioned to have more densities. You know, downtown could be great for a livable downtown, take more housing. Those are all exciting things that if it happens in the city, it benefits the county. And we have to somewhat embrace that mentality a little bit more and that's what i'm looking forward to do coming from the city council understanding you know the success they've had with tot and tourism and how all that benefits you know the county you know the wine industry being very successful that brings tourists to the cities and i think napa is in a great position to capture some of that economic spending which means again the good quality life that we all enjoy sure so i think um i you know, I've learned my lesson about um, problem solving. I, I always try to approach these things. That here's a problem, and there's different ways to solve it, and you need to look at people's interests. The last difficult uh, Board of Supervisors meeting I listened to, it's hard to listen to. There's a lot of attacks, personal attacks, on the city. But I listened to it, and when it was over, I was able to say, okay, this is what I can do to move this forward. And it's not about retaliation and it's not about another, you know, position. It's about here's the interest. And at that point, we came back and said, you know, if we can't come to an agreement, I can offer you, I will serve Costco site with water. And when it's done and finished, then we can will serve the rest of the site. So that was, you know, it's, it's 
problem solving. And I, I think if we can become more problem solving rather than positional, it's kind of, um, and I'll, I'll challenge Alfredo. Sometimes it's like, we have to build a jail, therefore we have to do this. Or we, we might get sued, so therefore we have to do that. It's like, that's your interest. So let's keep those interests front and let's find the multitude of ways that we can meet your interest rather than just one way. And I think sometimes in the past, it's been faulted to just one way of solving problems. Well, one of the things that, that may involve both the city and the county, again, beyond the jail, is what happens with copiocyte and a possible, uh, Kurt Johansson was here a couple of weeks ago, and one of the things that was very much a part of their plan, besides the CIA component, but, but the part of the South Side, involved the county corporation yard, and that seemed to be an integral part of it, and that's going to involve the city and county. How do you see that playing out, Alfredo? I think I think it's great that we're going to have another opportunity to work together so quickly here. <laughs> um, but again, I'm a big believer that the county needs to do a better job of selling some of our real estate assets and opening those up for development. Water Street is one of them. Um, there's no question about it that if that property can be planned in synergy with what's going on at Copia, it makes sense. It's the right thing to do for Napa. It's the right thing to do for the city of Napa. So again, it's just these conversations. And again, I think the, the fact that we we know it's happening. We got to be a little bit more proactive on those, Jeff, to make sure that we understand what are the city's interests to what the mayor's saying instead of the positions. Uh, obviously, the county needs to make sure that we're selling our properties at the best value. Having said that, I think we all know that if there's a bigger picture plan there that makes sense, let's talk about that. That's not going to be the only site. Health and Human Services, you know, out on Olson Number Road, another great site, right? You know, we all talk about housing. Well, if we worked with the city on that, maybe we can do some affordable housing out there. So, again, there's a lot of neat things. Um, we went through that exercise about, you know, what potentially could be some of those zonings. Um, one of the things I did is I, I called the mayor and the city manager. I was like, well, I don't want you to – I don't want to tell you what these zonings are appropriate. Tell me what zonings you think would be appropriate from what you're planning to do around the area. I take those back, and then we work with it. So, again, those are some of the things that we need to change. But, again, I think Water Street is a great opportunity to really plan that Oxbow district and bring the vibrancy that that district already has. Is it fair to say, then, that from the county's perspective with regard to the corporation yard there, that it's not just about the money, that the money is a big part of it, and obviously the county wants to maximize its dollars, but the other part of the equation is what's the other trade-off? What yeah. other property does the county have that it may want something yeah. from the city on? Well, you're talking to a banker. I always like the highest and best dollar, but at the same time, <laughs> it's really about the synergies, bigger picture. You know, again, we say collaboration. Well, what else are we doing? You know, Carruthers building. You know, is that Yay, another? Carruthers building. So you, you hear about all these excitements. But from a newcomer, and I say I'm a newcomer to public service and government, is we got to be able to take a step back and look at, you know, what is Napa going to be like 10 years, 20 years down the line? Well, the decisions we're making today directly correlate that. And sometimes what we do and what we're really good at is kicking the can down the road. And I think we need to take a step back and understand what does that mean for our properties? The city has a lot of properties, too. Um, so let's plan those in concert. And I think it's a great opportunity. See, Alfredo can't kick the can down the road because he's going to be around a long time. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's the, the so much younger. Than yes, all of that's us, right? that's about having somebody on, around that's got that long term vision and will be around for a very long time. So I'm I'm pleased to partner with him. Um, we've we've set this up for the um, conversation. Um, this this week has been, I think, a celebration. You know, we're moving forward, and since we met last Tuesday, all the teams have met with 
with LAFCO and creating the process. So um, I, I do believe um, I, I'm back. I want to be back in the golden years of collaboration and partnership. And are you comfortable with Alfredo's point with respect to, to the county wanting to look not just at the corporation yard, but that that's part of a broader conversation about other properties and other zoning and other. It is, and, and I will say, Alfredo did call me. So, so you 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 hire a land use consultant and say, what's the highest and best use of these properties? And surprise, surprise, everyone's at a hotel, um, and it comes back, <laughs> and everybody, everybody says, okay, my property is worth X because I could put a hotel on it. So, um, we do need to come back and have the conversations about what what are realistic uses for these properties within the zonings and the areas that they're in and yeah it's a conversation and it's our opportunity to really kind of dictate some of that again if we keep saying affordable housing is an issue and we have a property that we own you know we can start that entitlement process a little bit earlier so again these are the things that i think we can do to benefit the public when two government agencies can work together and finally on that note of working together in cooperation are there things beyond land use issues where the city and the county need to be cooperating and synergies of, of departments and personnel and a lot of other ways that, that uh, might work. I mean, San Francisco perhaps being the penultimate example, but other ways in which it might work in a relatively small uh, place. I believe so. Again, I think one of the biggest threats that we face countywide, including our cities, is transportation. So again, how do we start addressing that a little bit more? Because the moment people can't come to Napa County because there's gridlock, we all that's a real threat to all of us. You talk about the tourism industry, the dependency on that. We got it. We got to start planning that, and that dictates planning. Um, so that's kind of a bigger picture. Um, I think what we're seeing too with our you know police department, our sheriff's department, you know this the town of Yonville is a contract. You know, the city of St. Lena, potentially, you know, Calistoga. So I think from a service standpoint, there's opportunities in the future. I know it's always tough being a city guy um, to lose that sense of control and identity in, in these key services. And that's okay because the county could give that, that to the city. The, or that could be another option. Again, because the, that never seems to be the option when we're talking about <laughs> shared services. It's like the county will provide them for everyone. It's like there's another model out there. I don't think we're, again, I would never want the county to try to take over the world. It's look at the strategic <laughs> part, what makes sense. Look, there's we know what the dollars are. You know, It's just reallocating that pie chart to see who gets what and the expenses that come with it. At the end of the day, whether you're a county resident or city resident, you're all going to be impacted. So let's just make sure that at the end of the day, it's yep. the same end goal that we have. And Jill, you have the last word on that. Uh, no, it's something we have. We've, we've looked at it. It always seems to have some fatal flaws in it when we bring the reports forward. We looked at shared courtyards. Um, there has to be more than do the study. There has to be a true desire that this makes sense. I think it makes sense for the public because you're you're reduce cost when you do it. Um, but, uh, you know, every step we move forward in partnerships, I think, make the next one easier. Mayor Jill Tackle, Supervisor Alfredo Pedroza, thank you both for coming in. Thanks, Jeff. Sure. Thank you. Thanks for listening to NapaBroadcasting.com. Napa Valley Radio, for the way we live now.